Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts, Ayla Hadi, Allison Weaver, and Johnny Pinea. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. I had understanding of why I was doing certain things in, in, in a certain community, I then completely and utterly was able to give myself to it. Mm-hmm. You see? Because I understood what it why why it was there. Why that 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 action was there. It wasn't the action wasn't there for me to like just be the skivvy. The action was there to teach me so that I could not to teach me, but to institute in me a repetition of a certain behavior that I I didn't have. And if I wish to like, you know, exist in amongst others happily, and I say happily. Uh, with a modicum of serenity, whatever that is, that by taking these actions is where I get that. The rewards mm-hmm. are the rewards that are the building blocks of everything because without that, who's successful? I don't know how you can be successful if you're not successful within yourself. Uh, if you wish for success, if that's what, what is the, the desire. You see, all these things begin with the self. It has to yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You said it. That's just that's what it is, though. It's it's like even when you're making art, I think this is a good place where we could transition to the industry thing. But before we go there, I think that's where good art comes from. It's from community, from from collaboration, from inspiration from others, or even just insight from other people. We can't always just create in a box. So. Yeah, with that being said, let's move to industry thoughts from you. We are taking a community um, rest. We must take no, a but it is true, you know, it is so true. And it's been the hardest thing for me to, to learn. Um, I still do actually battle with it. I really do, you know, it's because my instinct inside of me, my personal biological instincts, nothing else. Uh, it's not a big deal. It's just crowds or people, uh, communities, uh, lots of people uh, together that I maybe, I, well, whether I know or not, no, I, I, I get so edgy. Mm-hmm. I really do, you know. And it hasn't always been like that. I've been able to, to, to go in there, but it, it's, it's along the way. I think because... In my kind of area of community, a lot of the, the, the sort of banter and kind of what goes on there really ends up being quite vicious. Yeah. <laughs> People together with a couple of little like drinks in them can be, they, they lend to go towards the, you know, speaking about other people and tearing people apart and doing all that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, that, that makes me very uncomfortable personally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's transition too, but I agree with you. It's sometimes I'm just doing the. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. You know, like those old theaters, like the Palais Garnier, you have this little tube that the stage manager can talk to. Like next, it goes through the whole. Thing. Yeah. Yep. You remember those, Johnny? The little tubes, you can like yell into them, hey, and it goes through the whole absolutely i do i do that's and then also for some of the places we would just have like a flag system in the back too if you didn't have a big enough stage someone would just like put different color flags yellow green red anyone that's clever it's very clever so go ahead (laughs) so um i think keeping on with the theme of the music video we just discussed it is not all doom and gloom with the news that i bring today um and it also touches on themes of community slightly on a tangent um and this kind of goes in with the publishing industry we've talked about the publishing industry uh once before but 
we're talking about them again. And recently, the UK publishing industry uh, reports came out uh, about the figures of sales of 2022. And um, apparently there were some records that were broken in 2022. So kudos to the UK in that regards, um, despite it being a very difficult time there economically. Um People are still turning to books. Apparently, there were 669 million physical books, not ebooks, physical books that were sold in the UK in 2022. Uh, which I I love that. I people have been moaning for such a long time that people don't read anymore when it could not be further from the truth. Um, I think a lot of it can be attributed to the book community and how it has shown up, whether it's on YouTube, Twitter, or more recently, Book Talk, which is like a huge animal in its own right. Just the the power of Book Talk has translated directly within bookstores. It's like very interesting to see when you see in a bookstore, they have a section where it's like book talk recommendations. Um, So I think that this directly goes against that common refrain that we've been hearing, which is that people don't read anymore and the numbers don't lie. People are reading um, and, you know, like 669 million books, physical books is not a number to sneeze at. So basically, the numbers, if we're doing in comparison, were up from 4% in 2021. So that's a 4% increase. Um, And the export of the UK publishing industry also increased by 8%. That's also a pretty sizable uh, increase that we saw. They reported about $4.1 billion in total sales and exports alone, um, not like sales within the UK. Um, And they say that a big part of that was um, a book called Heartstopper by Alice uh, Oseman, which was kind of adapted for a Netflix show. Um, So that's kind of the reason for that big number in exports um and print sales were up two percent in consumer books audio downloads also saw an eight percent increase digital sales were up two percent uh so all around these are some really great numbers um And the publishing industry has seen a few obstacles and challenges in the last couple of years, especially post-COVID. And then even the cost of printing and, uh, you know, creating physical books has gotten more expensive. Uh, And this is all happening with the cost of living crisis that we've been hearing so much about coming out from the UK. So I think it's a testament to how much books have become a part of our global culture. I would, I would have to say it's, it's spread beyond borders. And I think, especially with the internet, it's created a online community for people who enjoy the written word and they're able to gather together, express their excitement. That excitement travels again across borders. Um, and there's this enthusiasm and excitement that's ignited across the board. Um, and I thought that this was a lovely piece to showcase this week. Again, not everything is doom and gloom. Not all the arts are dying. Um, people actually need and are turning into to towards art more and more as we're kind of moving towards these uncertain times um and i just uh, this was really lovely to see like great great news for the uk and i'm really excited to see 
the future unfold for publishing industry, um, what kind of changes and trends are going to happen throughout the years, um, because I see the popularity of reading just continuing to increase rather than stagnate just from the level of fervor and excitement that has come across uh, through the discussions of books and literature. That's our industry news of the week. Nice. That's like, that's actually really interesting too, because like, you know, I think people are really interested in reading and no matter how they get their books, whether they can afford to buy them or how they borrow them from someone or whatever, it just shows that people haven't lost the art form. And I think that's, that's really positive. So thanks for yeah. sharing that. That's actually really on point. It's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Always. Always. Thank um, you, Johnny. And it's, it's a nice thing, man. And, and and it's not, I mean, look, nothing's dying. Let's 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 get let's get that clear. You know, yeah. it might seem like it's it's like you know, walking with a limp, but uh, it, it's actually we'll be going to a simple transition. That's all. It's a transition into to different ways of doing things. Now, the beauty of holding uh, things that I, I see hard copy book reading uh, is a habit that one gets into. I think you see, you know, it is. Yeah. A, it is. A, one has that. That because people, as you say, are probably reading more now than ever by internet. You know, the things that are there all the time. There's so much. There's so much to read of absolute interest, mm-hmm. you know, from history right across, you know, there will always be something that someone identifies with and you'll read it. So mm-hmm. people are probably reading more. Um, but in the hard copy book tradition, which, which would be, I mean, how do you lose something like that? Is it possible to lose a hard copy traditional habits uh, in, 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 in our history. I don't know if that's possible. You know, I mean, yes, okay, in Tibet, they've been, wherever the guys are, they've been busy trying to, like, you know, turn all the little scrolls that they've gathered, which go miles up <laughs> on bookshelves. You've got yeah. all these little monsters, like, sitting there, like, typing like mad to put it onto digital and have been doing so for, for a long time. You know, um, so they they also saw the importance of turning what was there in scroll form, you know, and old scrolls as well. And, and I mean, you know, there's stuff there that it, there's some it has great the history stuff available of it. digital. Then. Yeah. yeah, I mean, those those libraries are like wawa, you know. Yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, like you know what Alexander liked to eat. You know what I mean? How Alexander felt about this. <laughs> it's like all kinds of things, weird things like that. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you know who's this thing now? You know, and all that stuff. And and um, and so there was a lot of that, and all the his, you know, people that passed through there. You know, incredible people, incredible uh, cultures. So yeah. Uh, I think it's a habit with the book culture and I think it's a beautiful thing with the book culture because there's something once again that comes back to how one never makes a book singular I I know that I'm on that bent at the moment but that is the subject matter Mm -hmm. is is that it it, it really is because when when I read a book that has grabbed me you know and like really kind of like given me guava there and I, 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 I want to share it. Mm-hmm. I will tell somebody, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, I kind of go, this, this really, really, it, it taught me something or it, whatever. And the fact that it grew in England doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the English are very, uh, come on, that is, I think, a very English sort of uh, habit. Yes, reading books and drinking tea and that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, and uh, but it's, it's to me, it's a wonderful thing. And nothing is dying, nothing is dying, just changing, just changing. Yeah. That's all, nothing ever does die, just changes. Russia, catch me, yeah. that was my little contribution. 
She did. Character came out yeah. again. <laughs> anyway, no, it's true. This is a great thing. And I like reading, especially like, because I think in the intellectual space is very important, like to keep your intellectual health or your knowledge growing or just to enjoy something creative and and interesting about the world through the art form of reading is really quite, I think it's quite important, honestly. I think it's quite important for me anyway. And if I'm not reading, I tend to feel like there's something that's missing. So, yeah. Uh, for me, for me, hard copy books fall into the mystical. I must say, they do. They do fall into the mystical. I mean, I've had books fall literally, and I'm not uh, really. I remember walking through this massive library in Cape Town, beautiful library, and walking through there, and there was a certain kind of book that I was looking for, but I knew I probably would never find. And from a top, like right from the top, a book fell right in front of me, and it was the book I was like looking for. <laughs> There's something mystical about that. So you got to say. Let's you know? choose you, I, mean, I think. That's what you know, I there's, there's something you gotta say about that. Yeah, you know, there's it's like, you know, well, that's a lovely coincidence. Thank you. You know what I mean? I, I always want to go to libraries that hand me the books that I wanna find. Right? They just look, fall on your head. Call out of the top there. You gotta have some like, you know what I mean? You know, those things. <laughs> like push books out at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely a communal aspect to it because you know when people come together and discuss the arts that also includes literature and books so there's that community aspect to it that I think people tend to miss when discussing books and reading and publishing it's usually seen as a solitary experience but you know just like the beautiful story you shared Johnny of sharing that book with your friend there's that connection that happens through sharing literature and books mm, mm. there's something we identify together with you know we both see something mm-hmm. uh, it's the unspeakable there's the, the place where there are no words is that place we meet you know that lovely roomy thing yeah you know in between the fields of what i what i can meet me there yeah there's that sense that you've I mean, been Rooney's seen. I mean, Rooney's become a fridge magnet, which is unfortunate, you know. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot that goes with Rooney that very few know, um, however even anybody might feel about it. Uh, but uh, I, it's all the beautiful things that have become like Confucius, you know. It, it becomes fridge magnets, you know, which is sad when that happens. Because then one doesn't doesn't actually get the enticement to actually discover more about that who wrote it, the, the soul that wrote that, you know, or, or had the insight. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Hmm. So therefore, avoid quotes. Don't let anybody quote you. Tell them no, no, no. You're going to have them do, Johnny. Because I don't want to be seen as a fridge magnet. I'm a human being. Oh, that's funny. There's also like so many emerging new niche markets that are happening too. Um, mm. I think that comes with the increased globalization of the world in general. Um, for instance, within the fantasy genre, there's so many subgenres that are happening. You know, like there's like, Chinese inspired fantasy there's Middle Eastern inspired fantasy so it's just giving this sort of freshness to this genre and just creating more niche markets for people which I think is really interesting to see play out um and I think is also giving new life to the industry it is the most incredible time that we're in I know every time that we're in is the most incredible time. Um, this, this, I don't think I'm alone in saying that we're in a very surprising time um, in many ways, in many ways, and in good ways. 
a surprising time, like you say, of bringing people community, like a, a, a world consciousness that is developed and developing towards this, you know, everybody's looking at certain things and kind of actually questioning it for the first time. Why do we have borders? Why do we have that? Why do we have this, you know? And, and all these things are starting to come to, to, to the fore, you know, and, and, and uh, are being questioned. Things are being questioned. Right? And I think that's a very good idea, you know, because we question in it's how we grow, you know, mm-hmm. and learning to be, to be kind and gentle within all of that um, can only come from looking past what one has as a preconceived idea of, of any individual or community and actually getting to have an understanding of what lies behind it. Because the conception or the little mental image we have does not go anywhere near the beauty of what is behind all communities, all people. You might not like what is being presented to you in the like first like you know glance, you know what's in the picture, but really once you get to know what's behind the picture, you go ah oh, oh okay see all oh, right you're just like me oh wonderful you know what I mean it's that kind of thing you know it's it's uh yeah and I think that's happening a lot now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I agree, Johnny. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. I just think it's wonderful. Like, I just yeah. want to give the whole world a big hug. Aww. Big hug. Big hug. You know, the world needs a hug. Come on, come on, come on. Pull it in, pull it in, that kind of thing. The world come needs on. your wonderful, welcoming energy. One big hug. It's okay, don't worry, don't worry. Everybody's fine. It's quite fine. I know there's a couple of arguments here and there, but it's all for the better, you know? They're only arguing because they love each other. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us, Miss Alia, what is your question for us today? Well, this one's kind of more of a practical question. Um, And I think you and Johnny have quite a fair bit of experience in this area. Um, And that is... What is your advice, like, you know, whether it's like concrete advice or like more cerebral advice on um, how to basically pitch your project? You want to get someone on board, whether it's like financially or just to be a part of the project. What are some tips and tricks on pitching your project to them? It's hard because really it depends on what it is. So we can't like, Put it in a box, for example. But let me see. I'll to give an example. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, what about we'll do something simple like, OK, so, for example, maybe you want to have a new sponsor for, let's say, a live show. Yeah, we'll just do that. So maybe you want a brand to sponsor your live show and you're doing a project that's interesting maybe it would be first step is to think about your audience and what do they need um and then the second thing is what can you what can you give them but the other part of it is what can you give yourself so if i'm pitching for a brand i think the first thing is to think about how will i know them and who i know from there and do i know do I know anyone who knows them? Can I get information about them? I tried to do my homework on them. And then after that, I think about what we both need and where we can fit kind of into the bigger picture of each other's vision or each other's uh, direction. So for example, there was a brand that we accepted as one of our brand sponsors for something. And they had been wanting to collaborate with us for a while, but we didn't for a while because they really couldn't offer us anything big and we couldn't see them, how they fit into our picture at that time. But now we do and having them on board can help us to reach some other brands that we want. So I guess that's a real simple way to say it, but I I don't even know if I'm answering your question. It's just like, 
it depends on who it is. It depends on how much research I've done on them. And it also depends on the approach because it depends how they think. Do they need a more logical approach? Do they need a more personal approach? Do they need to meet over tea? Are they the kind of people who prefer to have a whole argument? Like, or is it more about a relationship you're building with someone? What if it's like but someone you, you don't if I know? Logicalize they were all the, the integral elements of the pit. Always fall into A, um, it's always hurried and rushed, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If you're going to rush your pitch, don't bother. Yeah, I'm not going to. Don't bother. Don't bother because it's, it's, you're just killing something. Because once you pitch and fail, hey, go back and it's harder. Um, if you're going to pitch, it's like, first of all, to be okay with why you are pitching. That's right. First of all, what you want. From that pitch, what is what is what is your uh, agenda? What is the agenda? Work out your agenda first, and get your agenda to the best. Well, from, I speak for me. I get my agenda to the best place that I can get it to. In other words, yeah. I do not want to have an agenda that is based on greed or like do for me. You know, I need you to like make my life better. No, mm-hmm. nobody's going to make my life better except me. Um, so I have to be very clear within myself or my product or whatever it is that I am intending on taking forward as a pitch mm-hmm. for first thing, first thing first, that's the, that has to be, that has to be pretty firm. Yeah. You have to know. Um, and understood. I think it's like, and understood what do I want? on a very, yeah. 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 On a basis level, you have to understand that really clearly. You really do, you know, people say understand the product. You've got to understand the product. Understanding the product, you read the label, for crying out loud. Uh, You you want to, like, understand the people behind that or the people that you're going to see. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are it, then get to understand what it is that you want and what the intention is and what the agenda is and that there are no hidden agendas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because hidden agendas are always a tell. You know, it kills any kind of meeting, a hidden agenda, because yeah. you know it. Yeah. How can you so tell if there's a trust hidden agenda? Oh, it's very easy. The person easy. just punts it straight without any kind of basis to it, you know. When one punts uh, things like, you know, uh, without an actual emotional and, and kind of uh, integral understanding underneath the desire, uh, it comes across immediately as surface level. Mm-hmm. It's surface, and it's, it's essentially desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing wrong with desperation; it's a great thing, but you know, it it it, it makes people very edgy. Um, mm-hmm. Where where when you're coming from a solid place, like I say, you know, it's not something that can be rushed, and it depends also once again what it is and how big, obviously. That's you know, right. If, if you're going with something, yeah. But it does help if 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 you're at peace with your your own brand or self or whatever you're doing, and oh. you know where it is. And it's not about the physical; it's about really it's about what goes all the stuff underneath. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, this. and then yeah. understanding and building the relationship. Sorry, love. It's the sorry, same point as you were saying. Understand, the thing is, is that the next thing is build the relationship before the pitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is that is also now once again a very honest kind of uh, approach uh, when approached honestly, and and, and very few people like uh, non non uh, sanctions. You know what I mean? Uh, they don't like cold calls, and eh? nobody That's nobody right. will take cold calls are killers for people. Mm-hmm. So try and avoid that cold call. And mm-hmm. I'm a great cold caller. I mean, I've I've done so many, and 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 you know that's a hit and miss. Affair. It's really, and it's, it's a waste of time and money. Yeah. When uh, essentially build the relationship, build the relationship. Find ways to build the relationship. Yeah. Once you've got the relationship started, and you're beginning to understand each other, then you start introducing what you're going to pitch. Yeah. And find mm-hmm. you find out that the, the, that that agendas cross over or, or needs or whatever you want to call it. But everybody has an agenda, of course. The thing is being open about the agendas. Be open about the agendas. 
You know, I want 20 million. Why do you want 20 million? I mean, for crying out loud, you could do that for five minutes. Yes, I can, except, and you explain to them the backstory as to where that 20 million is going. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. just giving an example. I'm just mm-hmm. giving an example. You know, it's not like that 20 million is going into my pocket. You know, I wish it yeah. was, but yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah. When you're dealing, especially with, with uh, things like the clients, it's very hard, very hard because yeah. your client will definitely come in with jargon. They're all jargon based and they're all like, you know, it's, you know, the guys themselves are in the job. So uh, I, most of them I don't think really enjoy it. And uh, so what they're giving you essentially are one-liners. And there's no depth to the one-liner, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm going to know, let's say it's an advertising issue, if I'm going to know, I want to know who started the business, why they started the business. I want to know why the guy can continues mm-hmm. with it. I want to know why they're pushing it. I want to know why they're even advertising. Why right. are you doing this? I'm not going to you saying I want you advertising so I'm going to make bucks on it. I'm going to the guy and I'm saying to the guy, why? And then he says he wants to do this. Why are you spending so much on that and that and that when that's mm-hmm. going to bring, you know, it's it's trying to, then you understand more about the actual uh, belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Sorry, yeah, I'll, I forgot something that I was thinking. Is maybe this will help also somebody like I'll I'll just uh, I'll think I think I'll describe a few things. So there's mm-hmm. a few I guess I would say ground rules for myself, and maybe this will explain it better. I have a few ground rules for myself, and I also think of two two matrices for a negotiation. Okay. The conversations I'm gonna have, just like Johnny said, like. It's about the relationship. And I think the reason why I was having some trouble to describe earlier is because I have all these different countries ways in my head. So I'm trying to like (laughs) bring it down. So there's some things like, first of all, like to explore, I want to explore my counterparts options and their core values and where we can find mutual gain and build relationship. Because I think more than anything, when I'm going in to talk, it's about building relationship. Um, gotcha. I think I also want to check for their seriousness and their sincerity. And I want to also know um, how I can continue to to build a bridge with that person. Because even if I don't do a business with them, then maybe there's a chance where I could connect to someone else or or meet someone else there. and. Sometimes, like you can, you don't want to overplay your your card. I find that I want to listen more than I talk in a in this kind of context, especially um, when it comes to an agreement. And like, also, there's the whole one that the like we know you are our friend, so discount blah blah blah. <laughs> like, try to avoid those kind of, I guess you would say, traps. And I try to understand what my time is and the time cost is the most important. Like, how am I going to, how much time do I have? And I don't want to rush, just like Johnny said, like, like, do I have enough time to make this worth it, worth pursuing? Am I, uh, am I going to have a better option somewhere else or should I put in the investment of time that I need over here? Um, and then I think there are like some, before I go to the matriarch, I, I learned that about this a long little while ago is just how important it is to make sure your team really understands your context, where you are, if you're going to be with others when you're pitching, because sometimes someone might not have the same point of view or agenda as you do if you don't have that meeting beforehand and you have a game plan or strategy it's kind of like you wasted your time so there are like a few different i guess you would say positions that you would have if you have a group to take with you for a pitch or some discussion and we have the head of negotiation which is like 
the person who's kind of the voice. You have the the chief who's like organizing behind the scenes. You have your note takers, your if you need an interpreter, you have your writers of the agreement, you have your evidence people, you have your observers, you have your subject expert or your different kinds of roles that can help you to get a bigger picture. It's almost like, I feel like it's almost like you're going into a research, like while you're even in there, like you can, Mm -hmm. you're like, you're like engaging in research behind the scenes. And also as you're observing the other party, at least for me, how they're, how they're interacting or if they're really feeling something as you're talking, do you have good connection, whatever. Um, and then I guess I'll just describe like one of the matrices that I like to use, which is kind of the um, the kinds of people that you'll meet when you are negotiating. So I learned this from someone else, but basically I consider that there are four types of people generally that are the key decision makers or the mm-hmm. people that you're going to talk to. And you have, I call them the tank, the leader, the teenager, and the mouse. And uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I learned this from someone who's pretty brilliant. And uh, the tank, basically, they're guided by their own interests, and they're very proud. They like only think about instant results. They don't really think about strategic relationships. So they're basically very highly motivated to achieve the results, very confident, but they don't really have a lot of courteousness or respect. So you might find a very hard, give me your details, this kind of person. Um, then there's the quadrant below, which would be the teenager. And with that, uh, those people have low motivation to achieve the result and low courteousness and respect. They may not have a significant interest in it and so sometimes you can show one show of strength and if they act out emotionally you can stand your ground and use kind of like a red carpet like you can go this way or you can go this way kind of feeling (laughs) or sometimes with that kind of person but they don't have a lot of motivation to achieve the results so you might just spin your wheels for a while um yeah there's the mouse and the mouse um the mouse will concede and is easily hurt and they're not very oh. sure of their positioning because they may not be the right person that you want to talk to actually. Um, mm-hmm. And, or they may not have a lot of confidence. They have, they have a lot of courteousness, a lot of respect, but they, they might not have the same amount of drive as like a, another person. And the interesting thing is that you shouldn't take everything away from them or they will hide and they won't negotiate and don't pressure them. And it's kind of like, you can show them kind of a direction where they could go and Mm -hmm. build trust is super important because they can easily run away from the conversation or run away from your proposal because of something. Just like you can't scare them. You shouldn't scare them out. (laughs) And then you have the leader. The leader knows how to think about all the situations like they can be soft if they need to they can be harder if they need to they can they can stand up to pressure or they can they know what they want they're very strategic and they they can play different ways with the with the conversation or they may ask really good questions and you need to be prepared for the leader because they know they know what they want and so you can assert your interests but you're not infringing on the other's need so you're thinking courteously about their needs and your needs. And it kind of goes like that both ways. So I guess to conclude what I'm thinking out loud here, it's really, like I said, it's kind of like Johnny is saying too, it's kind of like a, like a, like a, it's a give and take. It's like a, you're like flowing with the other person mm-hmm. and you really have to know that, what you want is what they want to, or what they would be interested in before you even go talk to them, because otherwise you will just spend your resource and your time talking to air. So yeah. I don't, I don't find that it's very useful for me to go and to 
place where I have absolutely zero connections and try to sell something or to spend my energy on something that's going to be a waste. And I think the biggest resource is time for me. So I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. I guess that would be more helpful yeah. than this answer. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I listen a lot of the time. <clears throat> if like say, I, you know, I'm, I, I, when there's someone that I, I'm very loyal, <clears throat> I find loyalty is very important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I I need to feel within myself that I've got someone's back to the best of my capability. But I don't feel that I can do that inside myself. It's just that I don't like straight. I mean, you can't like everybody. It's yeah. just like there's something that. But essentially, when one goes there, one brushes it off just at that point. Like now, there's a lot that goes with that. You know, so when one goes into a pitch, I find if you want to do a serious pitch, like I said, if it's for yourself, especially or product that is yours, is you take your time who you're going to see and you mm-hmm. choose who you're going to see. That's and right. You choose. Like you find out about the, what are the core values, as you said, of that, that, you know, what are the core? Then try and build up some kind of a conversation first. Mm-hmm. whichever way it might be. And a conversation doesn't have to be direct. A conversation can happen in how you suddenly, once you attract or you are actually looking towards something or a company or a CEO or whoever that you're going to be talking to, okay. immediately you will find how much information on that person comes to you. Mm-hmm. And you can start building up some kind of an idea, some kind of idea. Once you have a conversation or two, you then kind of know where you stand. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a long conversation. It um, like- it's getting through to that person for the conversation is the thing. It's mm-hmm. getting through to that person for the conversation. Now, doing that number, I think, is also once again wasting your time because you're going to spend a lot of time running around trying to be the lapdog. You know, yeah. like, like me, like me, please like me, please like me. And it does nothing for the person. It does nothing for you. It does nothing for the self-esteem, and nothing. Yeah. And it gets nowhere. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like when I, with the advertising thing, there's all these tricks that are used and they're rubbish. They're all rubbish. Yeah. You know? Um, and, 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 and uh, you know, and at, at base level, just make the whole thing, I think, more difficult. When everything that happens is a personal affair, it is not a surface-level issue. You're not just talking about the man's screws that he makes. Mm-hmm. It's the man's family. It's his father. Right. It's where it comes from. It's like, where was it there? What was there? What was there? And this is not something that is in the esoteric or in the imaginary. It is what is the fact and how a person feels about it and how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. It's important. If I don't feel the same way about that screw that he makes, I mean, why am I even going to? Yeah. Yeah, I have to feel the same way. You're losing before you even go there. You know, so forget about it. So it's that kind of, you know, and as you said, you know, I mean, it's always wonderful to be in a position, if one can, to work by um, traction rather than promotion. That is a beautiful world. You know, when when people come to you, because they witness something within what you do that 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 that, that rings with their um, values or whatever it might be, it rings within there. They're already then you have. So therefore, personal advertising before pitching is, I would say, probably quite tantamount. You've got to let the perspective know who you are. Oh, okay. And there are different ways of doing. You know, I mean, we now have so much going for us with with what we have on the social medias and things like that. Mm-hmm. To get close to someone that you want to pitch at is a lot easier. Yeah. Or to get in the area, let's just say, get into the arena here. Um, yeah. So that you include your own personality within and your own personal whatever it is so that you can reflect your brand in this, your brand, at least the name or whatever, or your name or whoever, might have been seen three or four times in a glance, not remembered in a glance. 
but remembered when you make contacts without them knowing about it. No, you don't. I, I, I meet somebody and I know who they are. They say their name, I see the face, and I go, I know you, I know you. You know, and I've never met them, of course not. But I probably, their faces, like I've seen their face or read something about them maybe once or twice, which I don't remember, but it sticks in my mind. Yeah. So how we present ourselves out there, you know, in when it comes to brand is essentially pitch. I think the word pitch in itself is, is kind of daunting. You know, yeah. I prefer suggestion. <laughs> you know, and it's prefer- like I don't go with you, no, I go with maybe. <laughs> you know, the softer terms always tend to like, you know, be, be, be better. You know, pitch has always got something very kind of, you know, Sounds about like it. You know, oh, this is make or break. You know, you've got to get in there. You better be good. You better be Oh, good. that's definitely oh, how it goes in New York. Now, you'll know when you're going to pitch to them, you're going to tell them what it is. <laughs> you got to give it to them, huh? You, you're my magic bullet here, <laughs> exactly. You're my magic bullet here, I'm telling you. You're the guy. You ready? You ready? You're telling me you're ready. All right. Okay. You sure you're ready? Okay. Now calm down. Calm down. <laughs> no, you don't back down, though. No. You don't back down. You're going to leave with something. Don't back down. <laughs> you got to have something. You know what I'm saying? We're not going, we're no schmucks here. I'm not going to take none of this. You know, I'm not working for free yet. But they do. Yep. That yeah. is New York. <laughs> but I don't think That's they New have code, honestly. Like, I mean, it's a way to, to get something, but I don't really feel like that approach is really useful around the world. Yeah. No, I don't at all. I've never seen it before. For that culture, for them, that's fine. That's how they deal with each other, but not, mm. <laughs> not elsewhere, really. Yeah. Be realistic with the self. One has to be realistic with the self. It's like, you know, the, the kind of human that I am, there are certain things that I I don't want to do <clears throat> that I felt in the past were necessary to do to possibly get somewhere. And I've gone and ventured forth into to, to, to only walk out of there and want to, like I say, bath for a thousand years. Um, it's mainly because my motivation at, at grassroots level was off. Look at it straight. Is it something you want to do? It's not something you want to do. Don't go there. You know? Yeah. There's, there's one, I, I really feel that because these are the, the, you know, if you're going to build something, if you wanted to do something, to have that ability within that, A, <clears throat> I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am comfortable with what I am bringing. That's right. Because I am bringing what 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 I am secure with. Mm-hmm. I'm secure with myself. I'm secure That's with right. what the product is. Yes. Yeah, now, and-, and I'm also secure in the fact that I know already that I have approached you and I can see that there is a, that you are, it is something that is of mutual benefit for you as, as more than a product. It's of mutual benefit as in like how you pay your, your, your employees. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. How you live with your family, how how you pay the bills, how your relationship, oh, it goes into relationships always. It falls into the relationships area and it falls into to, to the area of the self that is, uh, is its human. You cannot separate the human from it. You cannot separate your own personal feelings from it unless you're going to change your perception. So, Whatever your your feelings are, those are your feelings. Going against that, I mean, what? Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's we all come from the place we we want to get ahead and we want to move ahead. Yeah, you know, we don't want to have to stress about like you know finance and romance and all that stuff. Um, but. When it comes down to the, 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 the thing of like presenting whatever it is that's yours um, towards a prospective partner, client, whatever you wish to call it, I, I, I believe it needs to be taken on, a, on a, a, a deep level, a way deeper level mm-hmm. than just the surface of the product. Yeah. You know, 
And I think that's where, where I've always banged my head in the past long, long, long ago, um, is that I approached it from what was on the superficial. Mm. That's a killer. It's yeah. A killer. Yeah. I, you know, I love how that both. That just makes me afraid. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say that I love how both you, Johnny, and Allison have really been preaching the importance of emotional intelligence and also trusting your own gut and intuition in this process. I think you you both are highlighting that it's not a, a science to it. There are there's a lot of um kind of gray area and uncertainty in the art of pitching. So it's a science and an art. And Johnny, you've really given us so much direction about what kind of the emotional aspects and the spiritual aspects of pitching. And I really appreciate it. And I loved everything that you've been discussing. I'm so sorry to have cut through what you were saying, but I just was overcome with, with this thought and I had to express it. Thank you so much. Because I think it's, it's vitally important because yeah. uh, without knowing what you want, simple, it's what you want. Yeah. And and what you want doesn't 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 like you know start and end at I want X amount of money in my bank account, please every month. Well, mm-hmm. everybody does want that, yes. But trust me, when it comes, you still got life and you still got yourself. Nothing else changes. Yeah. So it's the self. It's always coming from within, you know, within. And as you say, if it don't feel right, then it's not right. All right, yeah. There's no way of bending that. I feel yeah. too that like for me is is more like sometimes we'll do tenders or something where we're in the competition with somebody, but I don't do the thing where I just go to pitch for a pitch sake. Mm. Like I think like what Johnny is talking about. Like I try to feel like I try to feel that, like you said, the the that connection has to be there with the brand or the thing. And if it's something that goes against my value system as a person or my value system as a brand, a brand leader or whatever, I, I just generally turn them down. Or when you're in a thing with someone and you're already doing a thing. It's okay to back out of it. If you made a, if you made a mistake once, like Mm -hmm. in the beginning, uh, you may not have read the situation correctly, or maybe something happened where you didn't have enough information or whatever you can get out. But I mean, of course there are things that you have to do, but I feel for me, it's better to leave a toxic situation than stay in one. If you accidentally make a wrong choice, yeah. It's always, you know, it's 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 the what we forget. Well, I do, I have, and I can't speak for others, but I have many times forgotten. It all is within the self. It is so within the self. And as Alison was saying, when you're in a situation that is not working for you. And it really, that's, there's nothing worse than continuing with something like that and trying to rationalize it within the self as to like how you get through it. No. You know, if it's something as important that you're actually going to pitch, a pitch is important. That means that what you have to pitch is important. So the action that you're taking is important to the person, to you, to you, it's important to me. If I'm pitching, it's important to and that mm-hmm. I need to establish and get right from the beginning a great clarity on that of its truth. Yeah. If, of its, if it's greed, fine, fine. Let me at least see that and agree upon, well, okay, is this greed or is this necessity? Is it necessity that I'm doing this? Okay, now hang on, what is the necessity? I break that down. It's only when I start getting to the place where I actually reach the kernel of the importance 
of me and whatever it might be that I'm pitching as to why I'm going to go and pitch, that I start realizing it's all the human factor. Yeah. We don't deal with things. We deal with people. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And as Alison said, you get the different kinds and different types and things, and you can fit in some, you can fit in, but rush jobs, cold calls. Um, no, no. I mean, I will do things like very often. I mean, like, like say if a guy's got a movie and I, I you know, guys send movies my way. I end up with scripts on my lap all the time and I'm trying to find homes for the scripts and I'm trying to like get things, you know, moving. And then sometimes an opportunity or you see something and a thought comes I'll do this. I'm impetuous this way. Uh, mm. A thought will come to me. I don't think it fully through because it's impossible because I possibly don't have all the like information that right there and then. But if I leave it for that moment, then it's gone. So you're either going forward and and I, I and I and I try to the best of my ability to be as honest as I can be, truthful in the sense of like it's not like I'm holding anything back. It just means these are the facts that I know. Yeah. Yeah, and these are the facts I don't know mm-hmm. at this point in time, I always say. Today. <laughs> Today. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm suffering from a broken heart. Today. That kind of thing. So um, a guy said that to me once in the street. It was the sweetest thing. His friend was crying, and he just turned to me and said, you must excuse my friend. He's suffering from a broken heart today. That's lovely. And um, But it is. It is. It's today. Tomorrow, who knows? I might have uh, illuminated on something else. Don't know. So, so it's always taken from that perspective. And, and the only thing that I can ever do is try and be, uh, man, it's whatever it is, uh, truthful to myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or truthful to how, how I understand myself or I understand whatever might be, you know, yeah. 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 Beautiful. Honestly, just preaching, respecting your own space and honoring it. Well, I feel if, I, if, 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 uh, if I'm not able to, to honor that, I can't honor others. That's true. It's difficult. And it's not a, this is not, this is really not an esoteric or a moral thing. It really isn't. It's habitual. If I don't have the habit of it or the understanding of it or even the thought of it, you know, the thought of sacrifice is like so implanted in so many of us, you know, like me, my background, where I come from and that kind of thing. And sacrifice is always thrown in there, you know, and it's always the, the thing of give of the self, you know, give of the self. That's the way it must be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, but hang on a second. Nobody ever explained to me. It's just me giving of the self if the self is a piece of rubbish. Come on, man. You know, I need to be able to love the self if I want to give. Yeah. I want to give love. I got to know what that is for me whatever that might mean. And I do use that as a word, whatever it might be. I know I bring in a lot of the, the you know, bunny huggy stuff, but it's, it's, it's become a truth for me in the sense of I look at what I can trust and, and what I don't know enough to trust. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So far, I can trust gravity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds funny, but it's true. <clears throat> one universal trust gravity nobody knows what it is nobody knows how it works nobody questions it we just stand up oh well this is true thank you gravity take that and my one constant take that just one constant of that that is universal and nobody can explain how it works nobody will ever be able to mm-hmm and then take that and just extend it a little bit further into other things. And so I, I began to learn that trust is a very, um, yeah, intricate affair, you know, and it's a word. It's just simply a word. It's a concept. It's a concept that yes. I think maybe gets loaded a little bit hard. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Thank you again. The just pearls of wisdom. 
left and right. <laughs> oh, darling, I'm just throwing them out there at the moment, I tell you. Oh, <laughs> should write a book. <laughs> you should charge for it. You should charge for it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Just for his pearls of wisdom that he's delivering to certain people. All I do is I put I put money in a jar every time I say I will never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. So, is there yeah. anything else you wanted to ask today? I think that's it. Um, I think you and Johnny gave so much solid advice for people. Um, I think not just even in the art of pitching, but just the way to move through the industry and through life, frankly. Um, Thank you so much again for sharing the different archetypes. That was really enlightening. And I think that um, that can also be applied outside of the pitching world and, you know, (laughs) through a multitude of industries. um, I can never unsee the mouse archetype now. I'm like, oh, this, (laughs) um, these past interactions now make a lot more sense. The mouse is not sure of who they are or their position at that time, or they may not have enough whatever to make a choice or et cetera. Yeah. You yeah. can always find the mouse can be the fiercest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Especially if they connect to the the tank afterward and come after you. <laughs> so you're saying when the mouse and the tank meet up, that's when. Uh, well, you could have a mouse shenanigans. You could have a mouse that's being controlled by a tank, or that the tank is using as a decoy for something. And there's so many things on the four quadrants, right? It's not like they're all separate from each other. They can interact anyway. No. The mouse archetype, oh, as you said, as you mentioned, is, is, is always, as you say, the way you handle it. But funnily enough, uh, which is inevitably at some stage, things do go that way due to pressures, especially if you're dealing with inanimate things, um, as in livelihoods from inanimate things. Mm-hmm. Um, the mouse is the one that will come at you when it goes pear-shaped. If it goes pear-shaped, mm, the mouse will come at you like a lion. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that little animation of like the mouse turning into lion, like yeah. that literally happens. I have seen it. I have seen it. I've witnessed or, exactly that image. Yeah. Or it's a or it could be a leader that's masking a mouse. And then all of a sudden, yes. then you're like, ah, what was that? <laughs> Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. The guy, the guy that's like the most kind of sort of, you know, power dressed and is like punting the most kind of machismo, or the, the woman that's coming in and like trying really hard to show you how powerful. Oh. Uh, there's the mouse, yeah. There's the mouse underneath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Mm-hmm. This all sounds so cute, <laughs> but I know it's not it is cute. because we shouldn't be afraid of these things. You know, these things should not be fears or trepidations. These things should are conversations we have with others. It's it's a sharing we have with others. Mm-hmm. And it's never about things. Things don't have emotion. How do you, how do you sell a thing? You know. Yeah. That's all the thing. Value. You sell, yeah, whole. That's what you're doing if you're in that game. You know, it's not about the the thing. No, it's about the the, the guava behind it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of how some <laughs> of these companies are trying to sell AI to me. I'm like, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> This sounds grand. Yeah. I'm like, I'll, yes. tell you, I'll buy the AI when it walks up to my door. <laughs> oh, Lord. I don't want to get in. <laughs> you can make lemon meringue pie, baby. Bring it in. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lord. That was good. I would like Thank you. Thank you for that topic. Eh? That's helpful. And, uh, also, thanks to Kazakhstan for being amazing. They are the people. Yes, thank you. We need the humans 
to make us these great foods, not not AIs. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. That's the supernatural value of food. Anyway, so... Uh yeah, so let's let's wrap this for now on the broadcast, but we will see you all next week for another another round for the second half. And then of course after that we'll go to a new place. So that's gonna be fun. Anyway, we'll see you next time. And this concludes our broadcast day. We'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode. This episode was produced by Alma Pictures and Baker Street. Join us next week for the next episode of our podcast. Thank you. Merci. Gracias. Gracias. Danke. And have a great week.